Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and as always, thanks for listening. On today's show, we'll talk about a mystery surrounding a mystery author, Agatha Christie. So you know what that means. It's time to pull up a chair, settle in, and cozy up for the Southern Spectre Podcast. Enjoy. On September 15th, 1890, Agatha Mary Clarissa Mill was born to Frederick Alva Miller and Clarissa Margaret Miller in Torquay, Devon. Agatha Christie has described her childhood as a, quote, very happy one. She was the youngest of three siblings, and because her siblings were so much older than she was, and with very few children her own age in the neighborhood, Agatha spent most of her time playing alone with her pets and imaginary friends. Agatha was quite smart for her age. Although her mother believed she shouldn't take to reading before age eight, Agatha was reading by the time she turned four. Her mother insisted that Agatha be homeschooled, and so her parents taught her reading, writing, and arithmetic. In her spare time, she took up playing the piano and the mandolin. She began reading books by Mrs. Molesworth and Edith Nesbitt, then soon moved on to Edward Lear and Lewis Carroll. Before long, she was on to Walter Scott, Charles Dickens, and Alexandra Dumas. By age 10, she wrote her very first poem, entitled, The Cowslip. Agatha's father passed in 1901, and she was left with her mother. The family's financial situation steadily grew worse, and before long, in 1905, her mother sent her to Paris to focus on singing and piano. Feeling she didn't belong in the field of music, she returned to England upon completing her education. At 18, Agatha completed her first short story, The House of Beauty. Consisting of around 6,000 words and focusing on madness and dreams, soon she would write more stories, The Call of Wings and The Little Lonely God which dealt with her interest in spiritualism and the paranormal. Around this time, Agatha set to work on her first novel, Snow Upon the Desert. This novel was rejected by seven publishers. During this time, Agatha's social life was thriving. She kept herself busy by attending parties, riding horses, hunting, dancing, and even roller skating. She had four short-lived relationships with four men, and then was engaged to another. In 1912, Agatha would meet the love of her life when she met Archibald Archie Christie at a dance. Archie was the son of a barrister in this Indian civil service and an army officer. Three months from their first meeting, Archie would propose and Agatha would accept. Archie was called for duty in World War I and was sent to France to fight in 1914. Archie and Agatha would tie the knot on Christmas Eve the same year while Archie was on home leave. 
Agatha would soon involve herself with the war efforts as voluntary aid detachment of the Red Cross. Agatha would serve 3,400 hours with the Red Cross Hospital until 1918 when Archie had been reassigned to London. Agatha wrote her very first detective novel in 1916, and it featured Hercule Perrault, who was a former Belgian police officer known for his mustache, and his head was exactly the shape of an egg. The inspiration for this character came from the Belgian soldiers and refugees she helped to treat during World War I. Agatha would give birth to her only child, Rosalind Margaret Clarissa, in 1919. Archie would go to work in the city's financial sector at the end of the war. Her second and third novels, The Secret Adversary and Murder on the Links, found no issues when it came to being published and flying off the shelves. Christie's mother, Clarissa Miller, died in April 1926. They had been exceptionally close, and the loss sent Christie into a deep depression. Then, in 1926, Archie had asked Agatha for a divorce as he had fallen in love with Nancy Neal. On December 3rd of 1926, Archie and Agatha had a terrible fight after Archie told her that he would be spending his weekend amongst friends without her. Later that same night, Agatha Christie would vanish from their home. Agatha had been spotted leaving the home with nothing but an attache case. Agatha Christie's car would be found the next morning near Newlands Corner. The car had been parked above a chalk quarry with an expired driving license and clothes found inside the vehicle. Police had very few clues to work with. However, there were letters that she had left behind for her husband, brother-in-law, and secretary. Archie refused to share what lay in his letter, admitting it was way too personal. Her secretary reported her letter as nothing more than a schedule, and her brother-in-law, his letter said she had ventured to a spa in Yorkshire. Agatha's disappearance quickly made headlines. Newspapers offered a reward of £100 to find Agatha. The New York Times made the story their front page. And even Home Secretary William Joynson Hicks used his power to pressure the police into locating her. Most authorities in search of the missing rider believed this had been an apparent suicide and they searched a nearby pond known as the Silent Pool. The pond was believed to be bottomless, making it very difficult to recover a body. Soon, more than a thousand police officers were in search of Agatha Christie, along with nearly 15,000 volunteers. Several airplanes took to the skies in search of the missing rider. Trained bloodhounds were brought in to aid in their efforts to find the missing rider. Six trained bloodhounds, a crate of Airedale Terriers, many retrievers, and Alsatian police dogs were brought in. Police had uncovered bottles labeled as poison and opium, a torn postcard, a woman's fur-lined coat, a loaf of bread, and two children's books. 
Sir Arthur Conan Doyle even made a special trip to a psychic medium, along with one of Agatha's gloves, in hopes of finding her. Despite all of these efforts, Christie was nowhere to be found. Also, there were rumors that Agatha had given another letter to her secretary that was only to be opened in the event of her death. One news outlet went as far as saying, quote, The police have information which they refuse to divulge and which leads them to the view that Mrs. Christie had no intention of returning when she left home. End quote. Then, ten days later, on December 14, 1926, Agatha was located at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Harrogate, Yorkshire, as she had been recognized by one of the banjo players at the hotel. Agatha was registered under the name Mrs. Tressa Neal of Cape Town, South Africa, which happened to be the surname of her husband's mistress. Now, during my research for this story, I noticed a difference in which this story goes from here. One source says that her husband, Archie, had come to the spa to pick her up and bring her home, and he was quoted as saying, quote, She does not know who she is. She has suffered from the most complete loss of memory. End quote. He also claimed she couldn't even remember how she ended up there in Harrogate. Another source says that the day after she was found, she left the hotel heading for her sister's home at Abney Hall in Cheadle. There, Agatha was sequestered, quote, in guarded hall, gates locked, telephone cut off, and callers turned away, end quote. Agatha Christie's autobiography makes not one reference to her disappearance, but in 1928, in an interview for the Daily Mail, she claims she was overtaken by the sudden urge to drive herself into the chalk pit near where her car had been discovered. She suffered a concussion which resulted in what she says as out-of-body amnesia. Doctors had their theories. Some thought she was suffering from memory loss. Some thought the disappearance was caused by a mental breakdown. Most of the public at the time thought it was some sort of publicity stunt or a failed attempt to frame her husband for murder. Others have said that her house had been so haunted she had to leave. The year following her unexplained disappearance, Agatha set sail with her daughter to the Canary Islands, returning three months later. Upon her return, she asked for a divorce which was made final in October 1928. Archie married Nancy Neal one week later. Agatha Christie maintained custody of her daughter as well as the Christie surname for her writing. Agatha did have this to say about these trying times in her autobiography. Quote, so, after illness came sorrow, despair, and heartbreak. There is no need to dwell on it. End quote. Along with her autobiography, Agatha Christie would write at least 75 books during her lifetime, and she was remembered for all of them. 
On January 12, 1976, Agatha Christie would pass away from natural causes at their home. Her works are still treasured, even still today. Could it be that Agatha Christie had been so stressed over daily life, hurdles, and struggles that she had a complete mental breakdown, sending her into a complete state of amnesia and her body and mind being completely controlled by her feelings and emotion? Pretty deep when you think about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know it's not a very long episode, but you know what? A story was told, and I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Southern Spectre, and also on Facebook at The Southern Spectre Podcast. Now I am on TikTok. So, if that piques your interest, search me on the TikTok at The Southern Spectre. Until we meet again, y'all stay safe. Love y'all.